children. Um, so I'm excited for you all to meet Callan. That's going to happen in a, a minute. Um, but first, I want to I want to give you. Uh, we've been doing some um, homeschooling at my house. Maybe at your house too. And uh, we just watched Bill Nye the Science Guy. So I feel like Bill Nye because I've got something that I both kind of a science lesson and a spiritual lesson for you. So I, I have a sponge. I got the I got the like oldest, like grotiest, little shriveled up sponge that I could find in my house. And um, I also have this rock, sponge and a rock. And the spiritual lesson uh, and the kind of physics lesson is about what happens when water drips on these. Just think about what, what do you think is going to happen when I drip some water on this sponge, when I drip some water on this rock. Here, let's watch this. Let's watch this sponge first. Maybe you can even hear that. Maybe not. But the sponge is just soaking up all that water. Whatever hits the sponge is staying in the sponge. And maybe you can see too that the sponge is just kind of, whoop, I'm making a mess now. Now I'm really doing science. It's starting to relax. Can you see that? It's a little flatter than it was before. Let me get this other corner where it's, yeah. All right, so there's our sponge. Now let's do this rock. What do you think is going to happen now? I'm going to drip some water on it. Just splatters right off. I mean, the rock's getting wet, but all the water is just running off. I mean, our spirits can be like this. Maybe you have noticed when you yourself are more like a rock or more like a sponge. When life, you're just, you're just not open to receiving what life has to share with you, the spirit has to offer you. Maybe it's actually easier to tell when somebody else is more like a rock or more like a sponge than when we ourselves are. I know that's true for me too. And there's a way we're going to hear a story about um, Thomas. Thomas was like a rock. Um, all the other disciples were more like a sponge because they were ready for Jesus. They were open to it. And there's a, a bit of the lesson of this story is about how there is this loving, forgiving, peace-giving, hope-bringing force in the universe that we call Christ. But you got to look for it. You got to like make some room for it. You got to um, like uh, show up for it. And that's kind of the difference between the sponge and the rock here. But I have, there's I said there's science to this because you know just think probably maybe you've learned a little bit about rocks and water. What if this happened? all day, every day, for the next thousand years. What would happen to this rock? Yeah, it would wear it away. It would turn into sand, basically. And guess what? I have a little bowl of sand here with a seashell, which is a symbol of baptism. I was just at the beach recently, right, right a few weeks before for this, and um, 
Watch what happens when sand gets wet. It's a lot like that sponge. It's just absorbing the water, becoming softer, full of everything the water has to offer it. So I guess part of the promise and the hope for us is that even when we're like a rock, the water will find a way to hold on to us and make it so we can hold on to it back and receive what the water has to offer, what God and the Spirit have to offer to us. Thomas got there too. Amen. It's the Gospel according to John, the 20th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and when the doors where the disciples met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And then Jesus showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And then Jesus breathed on them. <sighs> he said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. But if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But... Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the disciples went to him and said, We have seen the Lord. And Thomas said, Well, until I see the mark of the nails in his hand and put my finger in the mark of the nails, until I reach out my hand and touch his side. I will not trust. Well, a week later, the disciples were again together in the house, and Thomas was with them. And even though the doors to the house were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And then to Thomas, Jesus said, Reach out your finger and see my hand. Reach out your hand and touch my side. Do not doubt, but trust. And Thomas said, My Lord and my God. And Jesus said, Have you come to trust because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet who have come to trust. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may come to trust that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and through trusting you may have life in his name. 
the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Christ. So I kind of think the sponge and the rock and the sand sort of say it all. And maybe you can see the sponge and the rock and the sand in, in the story now that you've heard it. You know, the, these disciples, I mean, just to put, put us maybe in the, the space that they were in at the moment. This is just a few days after Jesus was crucified. But more than that, they betrayed Jesus, denied Jesus, and abandoned Jesus. So they are carrying both the, the trauma of having witnessed his arrest and execution, and also the guilt and shame of what they did in that moment. And fear of the Jews that this would happen to them, that the religious leaders would do the same to them. But I wonder if there's more fear on top of that about how they let Jesus down. This is the space that they were in. And yet they came together. There's, that's the little silver lining in this moment that they had been scattered, but they're back together. All of them we know except Thomas. You know, there's a way in which, um, well, here's a little quote that I heard recently, that the, the only perfection that is available to us is humbly accepting our own imperfections. There seems to be something in this gathering of disciples that was uh, accepting of imperfections. Part of what made them deny and and betray and, and scatter and run was their avoidance and fear of the pain that was coming the pain for Jesus, the pain for themselves. They maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong about this, but maybe they're beginning to kind of accept that when they've gathered all together. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you and a bunch of friends have done something you know you're not supposed to do, (laughs) and then for the next week you can't even look at each other. (laughs) I've been there. (laughs) but they look at each other, you know, they're together again. And something about that seems to me to be the sponginess of this moment together, that they're able to bear that failure and that vulnerability together. They're accepting the imperfection rather than denying it. I wonder if Thomas was still in that denial phase. I wonder if he still wasn't able to looked the other disciples in the eye because of what he knew he had done. I don't know. But what I do know is that we can spend our whole lives running away from our own wounds. We can build a whole life around 
denying that they even exist, where we become a rock with this shell and we can't absorb like the sponge anymore. We're not able to receive. We're not in a place to look for the grace in this universe, to receive the love and the hope like a sponge. It just all runs off of us because we're so tight. Thankfully, even though Thomas was still running, Jesus found a way to soften up that rock. And Jesus used people like us. It's kind of funny. I mean, you think, you know, here's Jesus, just newly risen from the dead. What could possibly be beyond him now in terms of what he's capable of? And yet he didn't show up to Thomas. Don't you think Jesus could have, you know, popped away from the disciples and then popped over to Thomas wherever in the world he was? But he doesn't do that. For a while I was thinking, well, that's kind of disturbing. Jesus could have appeared to Thomas, but he didn't. But then I started wondering, well, maybe, maybe what he said to the disciples was like really true. Like just as the Father has sent me, so I send you. And the first person he sent them to was Thomas. And maybe they knew that without even needing to be told that they had to go to Thomas. And Jesus wasn't going to take that calling away from them by just doing it all himself. And maybe you did during you know, that prelude time think of some people in your life who have been those disciple-type people, the people who for whatever reason, took it upon themselves to draw you back in, to reconnect you, to help you soften up and be a sponge again instead of a rock. Yeah. So much of that for me has to do with people who taught me how to recognize my fear and accept it, to to know what guilt and shame feels like and live with that. Um, to, to know what anger, what to do with it, you know, to process those emotions. It's the people who, um, who have known fear and guilt and shame and anger who have been my biggest teachers in that, and, and yet who have been beyond it in some way, in just the same way that Jesus was still carrying his wounds the wounds in his hands and his side, and yet he was bigger and beyond it and still living. I mean, you can read all the self-help you want, the people who are like, I did it, you can too. But ultimately, for me, it's the people who have been wounded, who have been the source of the most healing, wounded and yet alive, in this same way as Jesus. I mean... So I've said we've been doing a whole lot of homeschooling at home now. And, uh, you know, I've learned that either you're a student or you're not. You know, it's kind of like you're a sponge or you're a rock. You know, there's not a whole lot of in-between. Either you're, like, showing up to learn or you're, like, not having it, right? <laughs> and the Deborah teacher is just chugging away. 
But then, and I think you probably know this, there's the kids who are too afraid to learn, and the kids who have too much trauma in their life to learn, and the kids are, who show up to school too hungry to be able to concentrate. And that's something else that doesn't fit in the either or. And it takes a teacher who knows something about trauma and healing from trauma and fear and overcoming fear and hunger and being full again to be able to connect with those kids who are in that place. And that's who those disciples became because Jesus showed up with them. And so the promise is that that's who we get to be too. Just as the Father sent Jesus, Jesus is now sending all of us. And in witnessing his, you know, wounds and his resurrection, that we also are raised. You know, the, just imagine the kind of lifting of the guilt and shame when Jesus shows up and his first words are peace. Of all of the things he could have said and done, peace. And then he breathed on them. It's just like blowing all that crud away, all the, that fog of grief and all of that, the weight of everything. And they could be free. And so the reason why we're here with Callan today is to initiate him into this kind of a life that, you know, understands some of the wisdom of this sponge and rock and that we're going to be all of both of those in our lives and what it takes to receive again and how that's often almost always outside of our control. That it's usually somebody else, some other event, Great love, often great suffering, that softens us in a way so that we can hold the gift long enough to give it to somebody else. So thanks to Callan for showing us again. And thanks be to God.